everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. They say if you want to know the heart of America, you look and listen at two things. One is the movies that are being produced. And secondly, the songs that are being written and sung. In the Blood, John Mayer. Powerful song, wrote just a couple of years ago. Did you catch those lyrics? How much of my mother has my mother left in me? Wow. How much of my love will be insane to some degree? And what about this feeling of never feeling good enough? How much of my father am I destined to be? Does a broken home become another broken family? For they cut to my heart, and I would say that they cut to your heart. I want to welcome you to New Point. Whether you're joining us at one of our locations or whether online, we're wrapping up a series called Under My Roof. And we're talking about families. Your family, my family, our family. And similar to those lyrics that we just heard, I want to talk to you about what you're passing on to your son to your daughter, what I'm passing on to my son, my daughter. Because we're passing on something. And I don't want them to be able to write a song like John Mayer did about me. And I would say you don't want that either. We want different lyrics, don't we? So let me ask you a question today. How is the culture It's a popular word today. How's the culture of your home? Would you say it's healthy, unhealthy? Would you say it's functional, dysfunctional? You know, maybe you're a parent today and you made that vow. You know what? I will not be like my father or I will not be like my mother only to find yourself becoming more and more like that mother or that father that you were committed not to become as you live out your life. You see, if you're in that spot, if you're in a place where you want to change the course of your family and you want to say, it's not going to happen under my roof, if you want to flip the cycle of your family's lineage, I'm glad you're joining us because I want to help you with that today. I want to give you some practical things that you can implement and apply to your life. You see, in in sports and in business, they're always talking about culture, always talking about culture. And culture is what we value. Culture is what we believe. Culture is how we behave. And what they would say in sports and what they would say 
in a business world is a dysfunctional culture would never produce a winning environment. And it is true in your home and in my home. You know, if you have a dysfunctional culture in your home, it'll never produce a winning family. You see, culture is developed through consistency and discipline. And it's something that you have to fight for every single day, every single day. Just because you have it written on your wall doesn't mean that's going to be lived out. So you have to fight for it. And culture is something that you're either very intentional in creating or it's something that you allow. It's something that you tolerate. But I tell you what, it's there. And it impacts everyone. Now, here's what I know about all of us. You didn't get to choose your family. You didn't get to choose your parents. You didn't get to choose the home in which you grew up in. But now that we're adults, we have a choice. We get to choose what kind of family we're going to have. We get to choose what kind of culture we're going to establish as a family. And culture is something that, that you have to be disciplined in. You have to be intentional. Now, here's what I want us to understand, because this is, this is really, really powerful. We get our DNA from our parents, right? Those genes that pass down to you and me, and they tell us kind of how we're going to look, and they're going to tell us the color of our eyes and the color of our hair, and they give us those physical traits that they pass down. Even our personality traits, our demeanor, maybe our attitude, maybe our sense of humor. And it's passed down from one generation to another generation to another generation. And some of those characteristics can be good, right? I, I, I mean, my sister tells me, you're just like Jimmy. She's referring to my dad. And she laughs because I'm so much like him in so many ways. And he's passed down a lot of good characteristics. But also, there can be negative characteristics. Like if your parent was an alcoholic, there's 10 times greater the likelihood that you will become an alcoholic. Isn't that amazing? And we all thought for so long, well, too bad, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, if, if my father, if my mother had this addiction, then I'm going to have it. If they had low self-esteem, then I'm going to have low self-esteem. If they battled this issue, then I'm going to battle this issue. But here's what I want you to understand. Epigenetics is something that they have discovered, and that word means on top of the genes. And what they found was this. They found that just because you have a gene, just because I have a gene, just because it's passed down, doesn't mean that it will be activated. And that's why you see people who come from maybe homes of, of, of alcoholism or addiction, and they end up living a powerful life, a life of transformation. And this epigenic, epigenetics, what happens tells us that, you know what, you don't have to receive everything that comes your way through your genetic streams. You can reject that. You don't have to activate it. You don't have to receive it. 
because it can be affected by your decisions. It can be affected by your environment. It can be affected by your experience. And while I can't change it, you can't change the color of your hair. Well, you can, okay? Some of us do that, right? When it gets a little bit gray. But you know what I mean. You can't change the color of your hair, your natural color. And you can't change the color of your eyes and certain features. There are certain genes that we can, in effect, not allow to come forth. And that's what they have discovered. But you know what? It's something that Scripture has told us for years and years and years, that just because you inherit something doesn't mean that you have to receive it and embrace it and pass it on down. You can reject that, which maybe has been passed down to you. In other words, just because someone in your family, maybe a mother, maybe a father, was depressed doesn't mean that you're naturally going to be depressed. You may have that tendency, but you don't have to receive that. You can reject that. You don't have to pass it on to your children. But what happens if we're not careful? It can be an easy excuse, right? We can say, well, you know what? My mom was depressed and my grandmother was negative and my great-grandmother was a complainer. And that's just what? That's just who I am. I'm sorry, that's just the way the Masons are. That's just who we are. Well, that doesn't have to be the case if you know Jesus Christ. Because if you know Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us that we are now new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. And just like you got your physical DNA from your earthly parents, now because you have been born again, you now get your DNA from your heavenly Father. You get joy. You get courage. You get peace. You get all of these things which you and I can choose to allow to come alive and be manifested in our life. And I realize that I'm talking to so many different people here today, and, and many of us have had negative baggage that's been passed down to us. Addictions, divorce, depression, low self-esteem, anger, all of that. But I'm asking you today to reject that. Don't be passive and accept it. God has raised you up. God has saved you if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And now his power lives within you. And you and I can put an end to it. We can draw a, land, a line in the sand and we can say, you know what? Enough is enough. I now have the power of Jesus Christ in me. And I can say no. And I can break this generational curse that maybe has been passed down through one generation to another generation to another generation. And when we do that, and, and it's work, it takes intentionality, it takes discipline, but when we do that, listen, we make it better for our children. We make it better for our children. After all, you know what? Your kids and my kids and our kids, we have enough. They have enough without carrying around all the baggage. You know, my prayer for my kids is this. They're going to leave home with some baggage. I just don't want them to leave home with 18 pieces of baggage, maybe two or three. 
And so if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Make it easier on them. You see, Scripture would call the baggage iniquity. And it talks about how it can be passed down through the generations, things that, that you struggle with, things that I struggle with. They didn't just show up. They first showed up in somebody in your family who opened the door and allowed it to come in. And then what happens is it gets passed on from one generation to another generation. Exodus talks about this. Look at what it says. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Isn't he a great God? It's a gracious God. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Wow. See, what this truth is basically saying to you and me is that sinful behavior of mom and dad, okay, can be passed down through the children. Wow, what an unbelievable weight that we carry as moms and dads. And I don't want that. And I know that you don't want that. I don't want them to experience maybe a, 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 an addiction or an attitude or a way of thinking. You see, something cannot come from nothing. When we have behaviors that causes problems, they don't come out of nowhere, okay? They come from other people around us probably because we grew up in a home of where that behavior caused chaos and confusion. And it caused problems. And then what happens is the son, the daughter sees it and they pick it up and they catch it. You see, most of us don't exhibit bad behavior because we want to do bad things. What happens is it's been modeled for us in multiple different ways, violence, physical abuse, verbal abuse, all of that been modeled. And so guess what? We end up doing the exact same thing because it's deep-seated in us. And it just manifests itself in outward behavior that's not good, that's not healthy, that's not Christ-like. And if you want to change how you act, if you want to change how you live, then first we have to change our heart because it's out of your heart, it's out of my heart that everything flows, everything comes. God realized this and he allows you and I to choose whether we want this to continue or whether we're gonna say, you know what, God? By your grace and your power, it's ending with my family. It's not going to continue under my roof. Look what the writer of Deuteronomy records. God is speaking. He says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might what? Might live. You see, listen to me. Life is a series of choices, and I cannot embrace functional freedom that God has provided for you and me until I choose 
to release the dysfunctional aspect in my life. My life cannot be filled with positive blessings, a functionality, until I'm willing to empty it of the dysfunctional negative practices in my life. My heart cannot be filled with hope, functionally speaking, until, until I choose to empty it of despair, of functionality. And so I get to choose whether I want life or death, whether I want blessings or curses. And I want to encourage you to do that. And I want you to be able to say, God, today, this is going to end under my roof. And I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose blessing. And I'm going to reject death. And I'm going to reject the curses. And I'm going to say so long to the family cycle that's been running through my family for generations after generations. And God, I'm going to need your help. And you know what he says? I'll help you. I'll help you. And so how can we begin this? I want to share some thoughts with you. Here's the first one. And that is to flip the generational cycle. You've got to put Christ first. It's that serious. You'll never break the dysfunction. You'll never break the curses under your roof until you put Christ first. And this is something that your spouse, your kids, everyone should notice in your life that Jesus isn't second. He's not third. He's not fourth. He's not fifth. He's not in the top 10. He is first. And this is the most important step that you can take. You got to put Christ first. See, Jesus said it like this. He said, it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of those are dysfunctional things because they're sin and they bring death. All of these evil come from inside and defile a person. And so you want to put Christ first in your life. You want to ask him to change your heart. Change your heart. You say, how do I do that? Well, you ask Jesus to come in and to forgive you of your sins and to fill you with his spirit. And you accept his forgiveness. You accept his, his love. And you tell him, you're going to be first in my life. You're going to call the shots. And you allow him to lead you through his spirit that now will dwell in you and lead you in what you should say and how you should respond and what you should do. And so you put Christ first and then you identify your baggage, okay? You got to identify your baggage. And listen to me, all of us here has got baggage. And what you don't acknowledge, you will not address. And so you stop and have to realize that you have inherited and may be passing on unintentionally, okay, some baggage that, you know what, it's going to create problems for your kids as they grow up. You see, it's difficult, almost impossible, to change that which you and I won't recognize, to change that which you and I won't acknowledge. And what happens is most of the bad stuff that we pass on, guess what? We do it in an ignorant way, an unconscious way. And so we need to pray to God, God, reveal to me any baggage that I have received from my mom and dad that is detrimental 
to my relationship with my spouse and my kids and my family and friends. Pray for wisdom to understand what it is and how to address it. Pray for friends that will be willing to tell you the truth as you open up to them. You see, David said it like this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way, any baggage in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. And so you want to put Christ first. You want to do that. And then identify the baggage. And then third, you want to grieve the past. Grieve the past. Because I'm telling you, listen, when we grow up in dysfunctional families, there are things that we get that we shouldn't have never gotten. And there are things that we didn't get that we should have gotten. And you know what? When you begin to identify that, it's painful. It's hurtful. And so you have to grieve. You, you pray to God to reveal that, and then you grieve over it. You choose to be honest about your pain. I'm not, listen to me, I'm not saying that you throw your mom and dad under the bus because nine chances out of 10, guess what? It was passed on to them. And they just didn't identify it. They didn't address it. And so it just naturally came out. And so you give yourself permission to grieve. List all the painful experiences, maybe even the behavior, the anger, the shame, the guilt, the addiction, all of that. And then what you do is you write over it past by each one of them because God has forgiven you. And by his power, you're going to walk in a new way. And so you grieve. You grieve your past. Look at what Matthew 5, 4 says. Jesus is talking. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so Jesus wants to come and comfort you and me. But we have to acknowledge it. And we have to acknowledge what has been taken from us and what wasn't given to us so that we don't repeat it. The psalmist says it like this in Psalms 138.7, though I walk in the midst of trouble. We all do. We all walk in the midst of dysfunctionality, okay? He says, you preserve my life. And so you accept that the past will always be the past, but you accept that the present offers stability and significance because of who Jesus Christ is. And you accept the future that it holds a promise and a hope and a great future. And so you grieve the past. And then fourthly, you establish boundaries. You establish boundaries. And you say, Dwight, what do you mean by that? You define who you are. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ, guess who you are? You're a son or a daughter of the living God whom he loves and he is well pleased with and you're not a piece of property. You're of high value, high value. And you refuse to be manipulated or mistreated anymore. And you say, not under my roof. This is not going to happen. We're going to treat one another with gentleness and kindness and, and, and love and forgiveness. That's what we're going to do. And so what happens is you stop playing the victim card you realize that you're not powerless. 
You stop blaming others and you don't seek their approval because you have the approval of God. And you say, you know what? I'm going to start taking responsibility for my behavior. I'm going to set boundaries. I'm going to establish boundaries. I'm going to say, this is okay and this is not okay. Are you okay? Y'all okay? See, Paul had to do this. The Apostle Paul came from a very dysfunctional background. He came from one of performance, one of guilt and shame. And here's what he writes. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? See, both of those are dysfunctional, trying to get the approval of people and pleasing people. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so what he is saying here is this, I've established some boundaries in my life. I've determined what's okay and what's not okay. And you know what? I'm living for God. I'm not living for the applause or the approval or the acceptance of other people. I'm I'm going to say no to that, and I'm going to say yes to him. And then finally, release all resentment. Release all resentment. And so what happens is when a, a, a dysfunction has been passed down, it's very easy to blame mom and dad and become resentful and be able to say, I should have been raised in a, in a different home. They should have provided this for me. They shouldn't have allowed this to happen. But the fact of the matter is it has happened. And what you resent, you begin to resemble. And you don't want that. And so what happens is you consider the consequences of unforgiveness, and that's bitterness. And so you confess, and you release, and and you name it. I forgive my father. And you name what he did or he didn't do. I forgive my mother. And you name what she did or didn't do. And you just say, I forgive you. And you choose to forgive. And guess what? You choose to continue to forgive. Look at what Paul writes in uh, Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Check this out. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Here, Listen, here's what I want you to know. If you begin to work out these five things, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will begin to sense the power and the presence of God in your life. If you will begin to put Christ first, if you'll begin to identify the baggage, if you'll begin to grieve the past, if you begin to establish boundaries, healthy ones, and if you will begin to release the resentment, you will begin to see a new legacy appear under your roof. Under your roof, I promise you. Now listen, you have to be intentional about this. You have to be disciplined about this. You have to give time to be able to restore the broken relationships and the hurtful relationships and the painful relationships all throughout your family because what God wants to do is he wants to do something in you. Listen to me. He wants to do something in you that will help your family, that you will be the restorer, that you will be the rebuilder, that you will be the one who sets the example and leads the way. And you're going to have to do this for time with God. 
just being alone with God and asking God to be able to heal you and speak to you. Listen, listen to me. God can restore anything. He can restore any broken relationship if we humble ourselves, if we're willing to forgive. We need to do that. There's a story about Ernest Hemingway and that while he is one of the greatest writers of, of his day, the family had a long line of depression and alcoholism and suicide. And Hemingway took his life in 1961. Think of that. His sister took her life five years later and his brother took his life 16 years later. And sad to say, his granddaughter took her life in 1996. And what is interesting about this story is that Hemingway's father took his own life in 1928. What would have happened if Hemingway's father would have said, I'm not going to believe the lies. I'm not going to continue to go down this path. I'm going to experience God's love, God's forgiveness, God's restoration, God's wholeness. I'm not going to allow all of these things to fill my mind. I'm going to choose another path. You see, you might be there today. You could easily settle in where you are, letting the negative, defeating thoughts take control of you. And I'm telling you, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You see, what happens is maybe your family has been struggling with the same dysfunction, abuse, alcoholism, depression, whatever, divorce. And what I want to encourage you to do today by God's grace is to say, no, no, no. I'm going to put Christ first. I'm going to identify the baggage. I'm going to grieve. I'm going to establish boundaries, and I'm going to release all resentment. And if you'll do that, God will give you the power, and God will give you the ability to be able to flip the cycle in your family. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you that you're a restorer. We thank you that you are one who can do the impossible, but you give us a free will. We get to choose whether we want life or death, whether we want blessing or curses. And I pray today for each one of us that we would begin with putting you first in our life, no matter where we're at on our spiritual journey. Maybe we need to pray that prayer and just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me and guide me. For many of us, we've already done that. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus, you're not first in our life. And maybe today we need to say, Jesus, I'm going to put you in your rightful place. You are going to be first in my life. And it's going to be evident to all. And I'm going to be the one who flips the cycle of my family. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.